Welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Welcome to this podcast where we are all sports, all passion, all of the time. My name is John and I'm your host for this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us a listen. If it's your first time, please you follow us over on Twitter at the Tiger Wire. We have some behind the scenes content as well as we go a little bit deeper into the dive and we'd love to have a conversation and connect with you over on our Twitter. So follow us over there at the Tiger Wire. Uh, make sure you full listen to past episodes. We have episodes of roster breakdowns, of predictions for the seasons, of all different kinds of things. So make sure you catch all that for some great content. So basketball season is in full swing, and it has been an exciting debut to the 2023-2024 season. We've had three chances to see our men's team play, right? So we've had an exhibition game against Newberry. We had our season opener in Little John against Winthrop. And then tonight's game against UAB, we had a game at the Asheville Championship at Harris Cherokee Center. And so this episode, we're going to dive into the first two games of the regular season. We're going to talk about what we're seeing out of the Tigers. We're going to talk about what we need to see more of out of this year's team. And we're also going to get out our Tiger wire-to-wire uh, athlete of the week. And so we'll give a quick insight into Sunday's game against Davidson. So it's going to be an exciting episode. we got a lot to talk about. So with all the boring stuff, intro stuff done, Let's just jump right in and get started. You see, this basketball season is something special to us over at the Tiger Wire. Not only is it because we're it's our first time in having season tickets to Clemson, but it's also because we've received media credentials to cover this season's men's basketball season. You see, with this credentials for media, we get access to additional information regarding the team. We get seats on media row. We also get access to the press conferences where we can talk to players and coaches about different questions in their performance. So, so far, we've been to all three games. We've been to the exhibition and our two regular season games, and we are so blessed and grateful to have this opportunity. We do want to be honest, though. A big part of who we are here at the Tiger Wire is we are by the fans and for the fans. Being a part of the media is a lot of fun. We enjoy it. We love it. We love every part of it. But being a part of the fans is so much more fun at the games. When we went to our first exhibition game, we started off and we took our seat in media row at Little John Coliseum. We had our laptops out for notes. We talked some of the networks and other pages that were in the section. And then the game started, and everyone in this section in the media row got so serious. I mean, they got quiet. When the crowd got into the game, they got even more quiet. There was one time where the stadium was loud and rocking. The fans were hyped. The music was loud during a halftime break or a timeout break. I'm loving it, right? I'm loving the energy. And then I hear a media personnel beside me say to his partner, they go like, don't they know we're working up here? Couldn't they turn off the music and keep it down for us? Look, I'm sure they were kidding. Like, I'm I'm sure they were just kidding going along with it. But that comment got me so annoyed. Like, we're at Little John Coliseum. We're there for the first time this season. And you're complaining about the fans being loud? I couldn't do it. So about three minutes into the game, we left Media Road, those great seats. And we went and sat in the middle of the fans. Because we were by the fans for the fans. It was so much fun and so much of a better environment to be a part of the game. Look, I have nothing but respect for all those guys and girls working media and press for the game. I get it. You got to take notes. You got to be intentional while watching. It helps so much having those seats, being able to take notes during it. I look I look back and I try to take notes and record an episode based on the notes I took during that exhibition game. It wasn't the best because I wasn't sitting at a place where I could take notes. 
So I completely understand where they're coming from. But here at the Tiger Wire, we are by the fans for the fans. Before we were ever media credentialed, before this podcast, before the Twitter account, before all of what we are, we were Clemson fans. And we will be Clemson fans no matter how what happens with that show. We say all that to let you know this. This network, this account, we are going to be professional. We're going to give you behind-the-scenes content from press conferences. And we're going to have a couple of clips from press conferences from the Knights game later on. And we're going to be talking with the basketball staff. But here on this place, here on this podcast, we are going to be giving you content coming from the fans. We will be just as upset as you are if we lose or after a bad performance. So, Don't be surprised if you hear a little or a lot of bias coming out. So with all that said, let's get started. November 6th, Clemson hosted Winthrop at Little John Coliseum for the kickoff of the season. And let's be honest, we expected to win this game, right? But we also know that Clemson men's basketball has a small reputation of missing some expectations, so you can never get too comfortable, right? And so the game started off good. P.J. Hall scored our first baskets of the year after nailing a three on his third attempt. Clemson took a 3-0 lead and never looked back. The big standout in the first half of the game was the turnovers, though. Clemson played sloppy. We had eight turnovers in that first half. We still were ahead 33-24, but eight turnovers looked rough. You could tell there was a lot of first-game jitters and nerves going on for the Tigers. Then after halftime, Clemson came out hot. They didn't look back, though. They moved the ball around, took smart shots, one on the glass. They looked like a solid basketball team. Clemson ended up winning 78-56. to They ended up having 20-plus assists in the game. It was a great team win. And we had a couple of big takeaways from this game. Number one was P.J. Hall is in for a year. He finished with 20 points and 5 rebounds. But his presence was known the entire time. Whether or not he was on the stats or not, he was a great performance. It was a great game. Our biggest question mark for P.J. though is can he be disciplined on defense and stay out of foul trouble? He did have foul trouble that caused him to sit a little early, so hopefully he can stop, uh, be a little bit more patient and, be, and disciplined on defense. Our second big takeaway was Joe Girard is starting off slow, right? In that exhibition game, he didn't look great, and in this game, he honestly didn't look great too great here either. Defense is troublesome too. Syracuse has solely ran that 2-3 zone where he came from, and now here at Clemson, he's playing man-to-man, and it looks like it's going to be a problem. And then our final takeaway from the game was Ian Shefflin might win ACC Most Improved Player. He looked great this game, was getting boards, had a confidence about him, was making great plays, had a good slam. He's in a lot better shape than he was last year, and he seemed to make some really great decisions. Uh, I think I counted one bad shot I wish he didn't take. Other than that, he did excellent, was super happy with his performance. Overall, this game was a great game from start to the finish. It was a great start to the year. And so now we move on to game two. So tonight, or actually last night, it's 2.30 in the morning right now, but we played UAB at Asheville, and this was a fun game to go to. First off, Clemson played second in the game, so the first game was Davidson versus Maryland. And let me tell you, that was a fun game to watch. I was surprised it was. We were down on the baseline waiting for the media to leave from first game so we could take our seats, and the crowd was going crazy during that Davidson-Maryland game. There was chants, there was screams, and the place was going wild. It really set my expectations high for the Clemson game because I'm thinking Clemson is closer than these other three schools uh, to Asheville. They're in this Asheville tournament in Asheville, so it's probably going to be a better environment for Clemson. Boy, was I wrong. If the first game was 70% capacity full, Clemson's game was probably at 30%. And there was much more UAB fans than I thought there'd be. 
Like, I bet there was only double the amount of Tiger fans as Blazer fans, and that really surprised me. But getting past that, getting to the action, the game was much different than expected. You could tell right off the bat that size was going to be important for this problem, or for this game. UAB had three players that were listed as either just shorter or the same size as our taller, tallest player, but they looked so much bigger. They had the height. They also had a guard named Eric Gaines who could ball out. Let me start that out there. Eric, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know why you would, but if you are, hey, if you're looking for a transfer next year, uh, hopefully Brad Burnell hits you up. Come on over to Clemson. We'd love to have you. But anyway, our starting lineup was this. It was Chase Hunter, Joe Girard, Chauncey Wiggins, Ian Shefflin, and P.J. Hall. Great lineup. I like the size, but I also like the scoring potential. And so our first possession really set the tone for the night. P.J. got the jump ball. Chauncey Wiggins drove to the lane to get fouled and went one for two from the line short of free throw. Uh, the game after that one was way too close for comfort. The, their defense, UAB's defense, switched a lot. They showed different looks constantly. They went man-to-man. They went 2-3 zone. They went 3-2 zone. They went half-court press. They went full-court press, half-court trap. Every single time Clemson would start to figure out the holes in the defense, they would switch it up. And UAB is led by a very experienced coach. Andy Kennedy is their coach. He's been coaching D1 basketball for 17 years now. He definitely showed off his defensive mindset tonight and confused Clemson a lot. The first half was full of action. PJ was looking great this game. Chase Hunter was showing up. In the last couple minutes of the first half, UAB took the lead, went up to the halftime by three points. And we're sitting on media row. The Clemson players has to run right by us to go to their locker room. And as they ran right by us, I'm not going to lie, the Clemson players looked so defeated. They had looked like they already lost. A huge problem for the Tigers was that size difference between them, though. Clemson has more length and size this year, uh, more this year than they have in a couple seasons, but UAB proved that it wasn't enough. As we talked about before, UAB hosts three players that seem taller than P.J. Hall, two of which, J.V. on Davis and Yatzel Lindenberg, they played a lot of minutes, and they were causing a lot of trouble for the Tigers tonight. In the second half, Brad started off the half while doubling Davis whenever he touched the ball. But a huge momentum swift was when there was a little bit more than nine minutes to go, both of those players fouled out. And that was massive. Early on in the second half, uh, UAB took a nine-point point lead. So they were up by nine point at one point in the, early in the second half. But Clemson answered that with a 14-0 run, which was then answered by a 6-0 run for UAB. So we went the final couple of minutes a uh, one-point game with UAB in the lead. And for most of the second half, I really thought we were going to lose. I was getting that feeling that Clemson football gives us a lot this year. Uh, not a good feeling, right? But there was one possession, there was one session, a play on defense followed by a play on offense that really like brought the hope back. It really was like, okay, we get we got a chance for this. It's not over. We still got a chance. So it was about five minutes left in the game. We're on defense. P.J. Hall played excellent defense right here. He did all night, but this one, he had a big shot t- shot contest, pulled down the defensive board, and it was a shot they'd been hitting all night, but P.J. stopped it. He then dished it out, and our offense ran, uh, took their time on the ball, and then Chauncey Wiggins hit a crazy bank shot three-pointer from what seemed to be like deep in the corner. Beautiful shot. After that possession, after that defense and offensive showing, I was like, all right, I've got hope. The feeling's going away a little bit. So the game goes on. Clemson goes up by two after a huge offensive board. P.J. Hall uh, goes up by two with less than a minute to play. It looks like everything's going to be okay. And then UAB comes up. It's a monster three to take the lead by one with nine seconds left. 
So a timeout's called. Everyone in the room knows Clemson's going to bring the ball up down by one. They're going to try to get the ball to P.J. Hall. Everyone knows that. He had 20-something points. He had offensive boards. He was playing great. So Chase Hunter brings the ball up. He tries to get into P.J., but they have him sworn. So Chase is like, I'll, I'll drive. So he drives, gets a step past the foul line, and then he gets tripped up. He loses the ball, but luckily, the refs call a foul on UAB. With three seconds left, Chase Hunter hits two big free throws to take the lead. UAB has no timeouts left, so they pass the ball in to Eric Gaines, who had an excellent night, and he had a lot of great shots that he hit. So he brings the ball up with great defense from the Tigers, though. He had to throw a hanging off-balance shot from a couple feet inside half court and missed it bad. So he's upset. His momentum carries him. Uh, he ke- he keeps running, and he runs into the media table that my wife and I are actually sitting at. He slaps the table hard out of frustration, and I get it. Hard-fought game. You played great. Upset that you didn't get it finished. I get it. Completely hard to be emotional. Um, but then after he, put, after he slaps it, he pushes the table, and it pins my wife in her chair against the wall on the table. I mean, he pushed it pretty hard. Like, I felt it, and my wife's getting abrupt force. So I start to stand up and start to be like, hey, calm down, man. But before I can say anything, Eric immediately went from mad, frustrating, showing emotion, uh, immediately switched it and was like, I'm so sorry. He apologized over and over. He's like, guys, I'm sorry. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, honestly, a lot of respect for that young man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Love if we could somehow get him in the transfer portal next year. He'd be a great replacement for Chase Hunter as he reti- or graduates next year. Uh, but I just mad respect to him. Anyway, back to it. Eric shot missed, and Clemson won 77-76. to It was a much closer game than expected, or what it should have been. Clemson had chances to put away, but we, between missed foul shots, turnovers, and missed looks, they couldn't do it. They couldn't put the game away until three seconds left. Our biggest takeaways from the game are this. Number one, P.J. Hall is going to be an all-ACC first team. It's going to happen. That was our prediction in our last episode. We are sticking with that, doubling down. And honestly, we said he'd get fourth in the ACC Player of the Year. I think he's raising that. I think he's going to be closer and closer to that award. It's not going to surprise me if he brings it home. He just brings a whole different kind of energy that we don't have. And I don't know where it'd be without Clemson. Or I don't know where Clemson basketball would be without him. Uh, coach Andy, U- UAB's coach, described PJ's threat perfectly that he brings to every single game in the press conference. Listen to this clip that we got from the press conference from uh, Coach Andy about PJ. No, yeah, we were just trying to keep him off balance, you know, to change the defense. Now we do a lot of that anyway. We have no answer for, for PJ Paul, um, and and we knew man to man it's going to be difficult for us. So we we're just trying to mix and match. Fortunate for us, we're ready to make. No answers for PJ Hall. He is such a threat. He's going to make a difference. That's going to be our biggest takeaway from the night's game. Number two is Joe Girard. I'm starting to get worried about him. I'm seriously starting to get a little worried. I know it's early, but he still hasn't found a shot. He made one three-pointer tonight and a couple of foul shots. Um, defense, he is showing that he is weak on that zone. I don't know if he can't pick. I don't know if he's just uh, missing up, if it's not just catching right, or if he's just confused or what's happening. But he was a he. It was a threat. It was dangerous at defense tonight. Like we talked about earlier, Syracuse, where he came from, for a lot of time. Played that 2-3 zone a lot. Here we play much more man. And tonight, man coverage, Joe looked like he was playing the zone. He was given a lot of room to his man where they would skip past a shot, uh, pass to his man, and he'd have a wide-open shot because Joe was so late getting back to him. 
So I'm honestly starting to worry about Joe. I'm hoping he can switch it around. I know it's early, but I'm starting to get worried. Our third biggest takeaway was we have scores. I love, look, we all expected PJ and Joe to be our biggest threats. And now PJ's proven to be that guy. Joe's having his troubles. But we've also proved that we have other scores. Ian has proved he can score. Chase Hunter had a night and went off tonight, can score. Out Timonoy, we know, can hit threes. Chauncey Wiggins can hit big plays. RJ Godfrey can score. We have scores. That's needed. In this league, you have to be de- deep. You have to have depth. And that it seems like we have that, and that's really exciting. Fourth biggest takeaway is, I'm not going to lie, there's, some, there's more early season rust than I expected. It's still early in the year, but there's a lot of rust. Our defense, we're not switching as we should. Offense, we're having problems, and when they switch up defensive scheme, our energy has seemed all over, either jittery, relaxed, wild, nervous, angsty, I don't know, et cetera. It just goes on and on. We need to find a way to balance all that and play hard, play aggressive, but do it under control. And then the last takeaway is free throws can be a huge friend or a big enemy. In our season opener, we only got to the line 12 times. This game, we got to the foul line 27 different times, 27 shots from the foul line. Huge improvement. I really hope we can consistently do that. Uh, in the post-conference, press conference, we got to ask Brad if that was a priority, if uh, making such a big change where you're over doubling your attempted foul shots, if that was more of a priority going into this game or is just something that came down to it. So here we go. Listen to what Brad had to say about that question, about the aggressive and the mindset of foul shots for tonight's game. Yeah, some of it's just the way they play. I mean, they're aggressive and they're, there's, some, there's some lanes you can drive certainly we talked about posting and we talked about penetration uh, we thought those were ways that we could we could you know get to the basket more in this game uh, I thought Chase and PJ especially both those guys did a terrific job of attacking um, you know you, they they can get you thinking too much about different things and you forget you just kind of make some plays every once in a while I think these guys both did a really good job of that uh, a big part of what we were trying to do was playing paint overall tonight was a rough game but at the end of the day, I'm happy about it. I'm happy where we're about where we are, about the growth, the potential that's there. And I can't wait to see how the season progresses. So to end the episode tonight, I want to do something really fun with y'all. So tonight, my media assistant was my wife. She's amazing. I couldn't do anything without her. But there's two things you need to know about my wife. Number one, she can't stand basketball. Like, I love it. I love basketball. That's why I'm doing this. She's not a fan. Number two... She goes to bed at 8.30 most nights. Tonight, she was my media assistant for the Clemson basketball game, which was a tip-off at 9.30. So, she decided to keep her occupied during the game. She was going to keep her own game notes. Side note, she doesn't drink energy drinks a lot, but before this game, we gave her a Red Bull to keep her awake. Might not have been such a great idea. So, in the episode, we just want to share some of the notes that she had that she wrote down. I'm not going to share all of them. She wrote down 91 notes, 91 notes. That's how many she had, so I'm not going to share all of them. Uh, but I'm just going to read these to you, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I did. I thought they were, I definitely will have to do it again. So here's some of her notes. Uh, she said, UAB fans have cute outfits. <laughs> she said, UAB uh, free throws. Uh, during the UAB free throws, Clemson cheerleaders moved their pom-poms in a cult-like fashion. All right. She was upset that only starters get little baby chairs. Everyone else has to stand during the timeouts. Um, Talked about how a team huddle happened one time, and this UAB guy was watching an Ingles commercial on the big screen. 
Um, then later on, only one player had to carry his little dream chair. It was the same guy who watched the Eagles commercial. Maybe he had to carry it because he was watching that commercial. Coach didn't pay attention. Uh, later on, UAB coach said, pimp him up. My wife really liked that. Pimp him up. And then later on, the guy was watching the commercial again. Uh, later on, she called out somebody. I don't even know, but she said, it's okay you missed a layup. We all make mistakes. Maybe not that embarrassing of one, but we all make some kind of mistakes. That's a good one. Uh, then she called me out. I don't know why, but she's getting aggressive at me. I have more notes than John. Am I better at this than him? All right. All right. I see you, Taylor. I see you. Later on, John is stressed. He keeps saying, oh, PJ, I was stressed. You know what? I was stressed. That's okay. Halftime is over. I didn't get nachos. She really wanted nachos. Uh, I failed. Didn't buy any, so I'm sorry. Right after that, I'm getting sleepy. That's it. I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> Later on, PJ needs Wiggins to catch the ball, baby. Apparently, PJ Hall was gone. Chauncey Wiggins, maybe, about everything he said. Catch the ball, baby. Let's go, baby. Uh, apparently, that was it. Later on, Joseph Gerard III. What a distinguished name. That's what she wrote. <laughs> Likes the name. Uh, skip a while. John, Chase Flippin' Hunter. Chase Flippin' Hunter. Is that his name? Why would his mother choose that? <laughs> All right. So then we'll skip to the end of the game. Uh, 47 seconds left. So sleepy. I really love John, but basketball is boring. I don't think she was feeling it. And then she calls me out again for the nachos. Nine seconds left. Still no nachos. Foul shot. He feels bad about it. Thank God he made that. Three seconds left. Why ever get nachos? Wow, little homie pushed our table. But he said sorry. John about beat him up. No, I didn't. I was just talking to him. We're all good. I respect that guy. Clemson won. Never got nachos. The end. But then I tricked her. Then she goes, Dear Diary, I lied. Now we're in a press conference and John gave me the iPad back. PJ says to stay calm, but if you go back to number 36, he was not calm. Number six was... PJ needs Wiggins to catch the ball, baby. So what's going on there? And then she ends it with this. This coach keeps saying penetration. I'm uncomfortable. 11.45, I'm so sleepy. God bless. Please stop asking so many questions from Zoom in the press conference. And then 91, the end, dot, dot, dot. For real? <laughs> Thanks so much, Taylor. We appreciate that, uh, that insight. We appreciate your insight there. All right, guys. Well, with all that going on, we're going to call tonight with this. Our Tiger Wire, wire-to-wire -wire athlete for this week is P.J. Hall. What a difference. He's scored 20-plus points in both of our games, uh, or 20 points game one, 20 points plus uh, in game two. So he's our Tiger Wire-to-wire -wire athlete for week one. We can't wait to see how that progresses and how his growth progresses throughout this year. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Tiger Wire podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It's been a great start to the season for men's basketball. Hopefully we can continue to grow and get better and better and have a successful season. Our next game is Sunday at 3 o'clock against Davidson, and it's going to be a good one, I hope. Uh, hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, though, please leave us a review on wherever you listen to this. Uh, give us five stars. That would mean so much to us and be a great help. Share this podcast with your Tiger friends so we can continue growing this Tiger Wire family. If you want more behind-the-scenes information and want to stay connected to the community, uh, follow us over at Twitter at the Tiger Wire. We would love to hear from you over on there. Thanks so much for sticking with us. We hope you all have a great one. Until next time, keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. We can't wait to see you on the next episode. As always, go Tigers.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.